your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to just Tuesday. It's only Tuesday, people. Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm actually, there's a lot going on, and it would be very hard for me to talk about, not talk about the Milwaukee Bucks trade. Maybe at the end of the show, if I have time. Coming up on the show today, I'm going to have Lacrosse Hunger Task Force Executive Director Shelley Fortner on. And if you if you listen to yesterday's show, we got into a pretty big conversation about tater tot casserole. I could ask Shelly about that, but I think, you know, leading up to Thanksgiving, since uh, we can't do anything with our families and we're not going to be able to argue about anything, along with arguing about politics, we can argue about food and what should be on that Thanksgiving table or won't be on that Thanksgiving table this Thanksgiving because nobody is supposed to gather unless you unless it's your living whoever you're living with i guess you guys and gals could could eat thanksgiving dinner together but you can't go to other people's houses you can't go to your parents don't do it there's so many cases of covid-19 out there but uh you know yesterday we we discussed tater tot casserole has shelly fortner hunger task force you know she deals with food probably all day right uh you know what what is a what is one of those controversial Thanksgiving things that that you see every year, and and she said raisins in stuffing, and I was like, this this is even less of a debate than we had yesterday. Raisins and stuffing, raisins have no business anywhere, right? Like we we the raisins shouldn't exist. I'm I have a I have a problem with just green grapes. I'll eat purple grapes if they're just perfect. It takes it takes quite a bit. I'm, you know, I don't do this anymore because I you don't want to be touching things at the grocery store. But before COVID, you could go and you kind of you kind of feel those purple grapes, and you're like, ah, these are these are pretty good actually. And then they got to be cheap enough because I'm not I'm not paying four bucks a pound for grapes. Uh, but man, raisins where raisins shouldn't exist. I mean, ra- raisins and cookies is bad enough. But Shelly Fortner had the audacity to bring up raisins and stuffing, and then I was looking on Google and I was like, yep, there's definitely some. Some recipes where people are putting raisins and stuffing, and what are you? Do- what are what are we doing? What's going on? So apple raisin dressing, like what is that? Stuffing with golden raisins and walnuts? What? Get the heck out of here! Cider bacon and golden raisin stuffing. Now we're putting. I, you had me at bacon. I don't know about cider. Just bacon stuffing. That's what. That's good. We're good right there. But now you're adding raisins with bacon. This sounds terrible. It's a terrible idea. Uh, I didn't get Shelly's opinion. I did just ask her, you know, what was one of those things that really, you know, is is kind of a a, a weird place to be. And she she did say raisins and stuffing. And uh, let me know your opinion. 608-785-7914. The talk and text line. You can call in. You can text me. And the... The other thing too, as we go, as we head toward, closer towards Thanksgiving, give me ideas here that these controversial food topics. Uh, somebody yesterday gave me the one I know I'm going to do next Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving, and I'm not. No spoilers. The person that texted it yesterday, thank you for that, and we will discuss that next week. That's a that's a big show topic tease right there. I'm doing a week and a day out show topic tease. Stay tuned for Wednesday's show the day before Thanksgiving. Put it on your calendars. Five oh seven p.m. We're going to talk about what uh, the 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 food. Uh, Candace texts in that to- this topic is gross. Uh, raisins and stuffing. I, yeah, I I we'll have to we'll have to let Shelly Fortner have it. A um, couple other things going on today, and 
Uh, you know, the whole COVID, COVID-19 thing, it's an interesting dilemma today. Governor, e- Governor Tony Evers released some legislation, and it looks like it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Imagine that. It's only been seven months and three days since the Republicans controlling the state legislature have passed any bills at all. A single bill. Seven months. What are we paying them for? They're a full-time state legislature, and they, they, they met in session once in that time. It took 30 seconds to ignore policing bills. In and out. We talked to Steve Doyle that day. He said he drove to Madison and uh, essentially drove home probably a minute later. I think he was back home by the time we talked to him. Uh, speaking of Steve Doyle, I called him today because I wanted to ask him about what Governor Evers rolled out what he thought of the legislation, and he said he's hasn't looked at it yet because he has COVID-19 and he's quarantining in his basement. He said he feels he feels pretty okay. He didn't sound great, but I, I don't know. Maybe he was playing coy with me. I, I don't know. But he, he said he feels he feels okay, and uh, he's been in quarantine about a week, and he's got a week to go to sit in his basement. But I, I said, you know, if you're feeling okay, Maybe someone should email you what what Evers proposed today, and it was it wasn't too long after Evers had proposed this stuff that I talked to him. So I'm sure he's doing his homework tonight, or maybe tomorrow morning. I don't know if anyone really wants to read a whole bunch of packages that aren't going to go anywhere. If, if Robin Voss comes out and has a press conference and and says, uh, you know, oh, we have some stuff, we're going to do some stuff. Uh, do you have any uh, packages? Ah, uh, nothing specific. <laughs> No proposals, but we we could do some stuff. I got some ideas, and he talked for 15 minutes about his ideas, but, um, you know, like, you knew Governor Evers was going to put out this legislation today. Evers apparently asked him yesterday if they wanted to work together, and that, that went uh, ignored. Uh, we knew last week, right? Evers said uh, early next week, possibly by Wednesday, so Tuesday, a little ahead of schedule, if you want to say, say that, ahead of schedule, seven months. Ahead of schedule. Um, all right, so yeah, that's what that's what's going on today. Uh, there's there's news in every state around here. There's news in in uh, Minnesota when it comes to COVID and when it comes to to the state government. There's there's drama there. Uh, there's interesting news out of Iowa where they're not releasing some COVID information to the public. They're just going to keep the hospitalization data to themselves. That seems weird. Uh, we don't want we don't want that news to get out. Apparently, so. Um, that's cool, I guess. Do what you want, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. And, uh, yeah, these are all picking on Republicans today. But, yeah, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds urging residents also to uh, maybe follow her new partial mask mandate. So they're having a partial. I don't know if that's what – I feel like that's what a lot of Wisconsin people are doing if you're ever out and about. Uh, The partial mask mandate is where you either wear it down below your chin – and uh, walk around like that so you have your mask on. You're really staying safe. You look cool, too, by the way. You people wear your mask under your chin. I, I can see how that helps. It, you don't look like an idiot at all. Or the people that wear their mask under their nose, covering their mouth, uh, but uh, under their nose. That also very helpful. You don't look as dumb as the people that wear the mask under their chin while they're out in public. Um, but pretty much. You're not helping. So... Or the people that are talking on their phones and need to take their mask off, put it under their chin. To talk on their phones because apparently your voice uh, doesn't go through a mask. Um, So there's that. All right.
I'm done venting. Well, for now, for now, I'm gonna I'm gonna really I'm gonna let Shelly have it here in a, in a minute as we uh, talk about raisins and stuffing. If she's for raisins and stuffing, I might just hang up on her. All right, we'll be back. Uh, Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'll get to your text here in just a minute. If you want to call in, you're going to have to wait on hold. As Shelly Fortner, the executive director of the Hunger Task Force, is on with me. Shelly, I've already uh, brought, up, uh, brought up your stuffing with raisins. Now we need your opinion. Stuffing with raisins, are you good with that, or is that just atrocious and shouldn't even be brought up as a topic? No, I'm not good with that. Raisins are for oatmeal cookies. Oatmeal. Not I would say raisins are for absolutely nothing. We they shouldn't exist. They, we we barely need grapes. <laughs> but I'm not one that drinks wine, so I guess the wine drinkers would really have a problem with that. <laughs> um, no raisins in the stuffing. All right, so we haven't talked to you in a while. You know, we don't have a food drive Fridays, but we're coming up on Rotary Lights. That's a, that's in its an in and of itself is a food drive. Um, how important is Rotary Lights going to be? Is it going to be even more important for the Hunger Task Force this year? Well, you know, this year is, is we know this has been different, um, and we're not serving now just chronically low income people. I mean, now more than ever this year, people like you and me. People who have never had, uh, you know, had to worry about where their next meal is coming from, but we've had job furloughs and layoffs, and this year's been crazy. So a lot more people are struggling. Yeah, what what is it? What has it been like? Uh, you know, you 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 supply all the food pantries in. I forget the the distance. It's like a. You know, between here and and between here between to Madison and to Rochester, right? That kind of radius. Well, we serve seven counties. Primarily, the ones that we're serving are right in <clears throat> right in Lacrosse County. But you know, we're in Detroit. Low. We serve some folks over in Minnesota, uh, Iowa. So, if we are closer to them than another food bank, our services are available to them free. And what have you been hearing? Have they been in? A, you know, have they been just? Need in need more so with uh, the hunger task force than ever before, lately. Well, you know, yeah, you know, they're seeing new people, people we haven't seen before, um, and that's what's really making a difference. Is, is we're seeing, um, you know, even at our drive-through uh, food pickup, you know, we're seeing hundreds of families that haven't had to go to a pantry before. Um, all right, so you guys actually have you, you have a new truck. How did how did this come to be? You got a new truck to help deliver food. Is that how that works? Well, yeah, the state of Wisconsin, um, the Department of Trade and Consumer Protection, uh, put out a, a, a couple of really good grants um, just recently. And one, the first part of the grant uh, was granted to the Hunger Relief Federation, of which we're a member. Uh, that's in Milwaukee, uh, but it's to get. Um, food throughout the state of Wisconsin, uh, and then the second part of the grant was to purchase Wisconsin-grown food. So uh, the first, like I said, the first part was to build capacity, so we can't move all this food we're going to buy if we don't have the truck uh, to move them. So we were granted a brand-new 2021 International uh, refrigerated truck that's going to help us move uh, probably four or five semi-loads of food. Now, do you have your CDL license? Have you driven this thing yet? Uh, we look at trucks that where we don't need a CDL for that. So we're just under the weight limit, uh, 
at length for the truck that we don't need a CDL, uh, which is great for our volunteers as well, um, so that we can have, you know, good people driving those, but we don't need a CDL. All right, but what about you? Have you taken it for a spin? Well, I'm always first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to tell the guys that, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're really great trucks. We have a couple of them the same size. We now have a fleet. We have five vehicles, two, two minivans and uh, three trucks. So, hey, we're on the map now. And what's the biggest use for for those trucks? Are you going to going to places to pick up food, or, or just like a drop off site where people can come and and you know you've had those a couple of different times where people can come and, and pick up boxes of food? But I don't know if you're using the truck for that. Well, it depends on where it is. If we do a food distribution right out of our building, we don't need the truck, but. We have done others uh, in Holman, West Salem, uh, in La Crescent, where we've, we've needed the refrigerated trucks uh, because the capacity of the pantries aren't big enough to have all that food. So we bring it over, keep it safe in the refrigerated truck, and then are able to distribute through there. But the truck's busy all day long, all week long. Um, all of them are going out, picking up food from, uh, you know, our regular donors like Festival Foods and Reinhardt, um, and then in turn bringing the food back where we get it all sorted out, and we're, we're putting it back on the truck, taking it out to the agency. Now, we had this, uh, what we called Food Drive Fridays back in the spring, uh, ended at the end of May. Uh, what was it, eight-week run, I think it was? And, and, you, and we, we raised as a community here 70, nearly 70,000 pounds of food. Uh, did you make, I think, $250,000? I feel like that's the correct number. I could be off, but uh, do those numbers sound right, Shelly? It was yes. Those are those are great. It was actually close to three hundred thousand, um, and it was phenomenal. And we were just unsure how we were going to even make it through the year. And and so without this, I'm I'm pretty sure we'd be struggling right now. But like you said, the community really came through um, for us, and we were able to get all the way through. Now uh, we're looking for more donations now through the holiday season. But you know, with the the post office stamp on hunger food drive didn't happen. The Boy Scout food drive didn't happen this spring. We really were concerned about how we were going to, um, you know, be able to serve the ones that we're serving already, much less, you know, other people who are struggling now because of COVID. Now, 70,000 pounds of food in a seven-week a seven run, how does that compare with maybe what you bring in in a year? Well, we're... Currently, uh, the last couple of years, we brought in about 2.5 million pounds of food. Uh, but we're you're talking dairy and um, you know produce and things like that. So this is by far the largest canned food drive that has ever happened with us. Uh, how's your raisin stock at the at the, the hunger <laughs> task force? <laughs> I'm going to make sure it's safe for some now. Though. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I ever have to come in there, hopefully I never have to come in there uh, to get food. Um, all right, so so you know, Rotary Lights I mentioned is coming up. Uh, you, you know, when we, we were talking about Food Drive Fridays, you were talking about how this is great. We're back stocking. We're going to have a lot of food. It's going to get us through winter, and and that looks we, we're still in pretty good shape, right? Despite a pandemic and bis, despite what you say, you know, every day people more or less uh, needing this food, but we're we're, we're in okay shape a, a, in terms of uh, keeping pantries stocked, huh? Yes. No, we're, we, you know, we were able to, like I said, get through the summer. Um, kids out of school, we knew we were going to be needing more food. 
Uh, this really helped us extend through the summer and into the fall now. Uh, we're planning on helping out some families for Thanksgiving. Uh, you've got the holidays coming. People now are really going to be uh, struggling with the decisions of, you know, do I buy those Christmas presents? Do I pay my heat? Uh, how do am I going to have the food? How am I going to pay for everything? So, you know, being able to have this and the donations that we get in over the holidays is, is really going to help. Now, with the with the Rotary Lights Food Drive, do, do all the does everything that's raised there go to the Hunger Task Force, or is it distributed, you know, to different entities? Actually, there's a number of agencies that are supported by Rotary Lights, um, and uh, so a lot of the food pantries are covered. But there's only so much room for, you know, so many organizations with the Rotary Lights program. So Hunger Task Force job is to uh, you know, be able to serve those other pantries that do not have those nights at the park. So we're taking care of all the others. All right. And I know people are going to go to Rotary Lights and they're going to donate. And that's going to be, I, I assume that's going to be more popular than it's ever been before. Um, but is there other ways that, that people, can you just tell us, I know there are other ways, but can you just tell us uh, if people want to donate to the Hunger Task Force? I, I know you like money the best, but what are the couple of different ways to do that? Well, and, and when you say we like the financial donations, that does make a difference. We can certainly purchase things at a better price than maybe you or I going uh, to the grocery store. We have arrangements with local grocers and stuff where we can get things at a better price. So funding is always important. Plus, we have to keep those trucks running, um, and, you know, and the freezers on and such. But go to our website, www.lacrossehtf.org. Uh, you can donate there. You can make it a monthly donation, which, which makes sure that, you know, that gift keeps on giving, and then we can count on you all year long. Uh, you can drop off at our warehouse at 1240 Clinton Street, drop off your donations. Uh, a number of different ways we will take it, and we sure appreciate it. All right, Shelly. And the last thing before I let you go, uh, yesterday's topic was tater tot casserole. Tater tots on the top or the bottom? What do you think? That they got to be on the top, and they got to be nice and crispy. You gotta have them at least a golden brown. Don't make them light brown; they're gonna be soggy. So nice and crispy. All right, you heard it right there from Shelly Fortner, executive director of the Hunker Task Force. Thanks a lot, Shelly. Thank you. All right, we're gonna take another quick break. Scott's comment. Brad doing the news coming up. We'll be back after this. I wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six oh eight. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. Tom and Eric, you're on hold for just a minute. Let me start the show back up. Thanks to Shelly Fortner for joining us from the Hunger Task Force. She's the executive director there. Giving us a, a terrible notion that people would put raisins in stuffing as we continue our debate on terrible ideas heading into Thanksgiving dinner that we're not going to have. Raisins and stuffing. Does anyone, anybody, anybody out there just call and let me know if you like raisins and stuffing or raisins and anything. Raisins and nothing. I don't know what people are thinking. Uh, talking about uh, all three states have like COVID, kind of goofy COVID news. Uh, Governor Evers rolled out some legislation uh, that will looks like maybe we'll get ignored by the Republicans in the legislature because we can't give Governor Evers the quote unquote win here. Uh, we're going to go. We're now seven months and three days since uh, the the legislature passed any bills. I uh, you know and and I I, I mentioned Steve Doyle uh, has COVID nineteen now and 
Um, I talked to Steve Doyle about the 32nd legislative session to ignore policing bills. I also remember talking to Doyle about the that legislative session. I think they had it online. They did it virtually to pass to pass some COVID-19 relief, uh, but nothing since. And uh, all right. So, well, Tom dropped off. Sorry, Tom. You can call me back. Uh, Eric from Sparta is on hold here. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. This is a, on a, a good public note. I, I'm hoping that Governor Evers will wish the, uh, the hunters a good harvest this season so they can call the herd out there. And when they bring their deers into the DNR and the, uh, to get them registered, they'll be greeted with Governor, Governor Evers' orders. Oh, by the way, when you turn your deer on here to get a test for C, C, CWD here, um, you can also turn your firearms to the wardens and the uh, ATF because they'll be certainly there waiting for you because that's all he wants to do. He wants to take your guns away. That's one of the reasons the Republicans will not stand for this idiot. Thanks. All right. Just got to call them names there at the end. Uh, yeah, deer hunting starts this weekend. Uh, in, a, in a in a bizarro world, my girlfriend goes deer hunting and I stay home to play with the dogs and wear orange vests if we actually do a go outside. Uh, I'm arguing on the text line here with an anonymous texter. I don't know who who this is, but they're they're mad that I'm reporting how many COVID nineteen well the COVID nineteen stats. Uh, they wanted to know uh, this this text says uh, how many have died from other causes. Because in nine months, we haven't heard any other deaths other than COVID-19, which has a 99% recovery rate. Uh, so I threw out, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this in uh, during the break on the show. So I looked up auto deaths in the U.S. last year, 38,800, 2019. Uh, U.S. deaths of COVID-19 so far this year, 248,227. And uh, that's the only one. <laughs> I, I couldn't look up murders, but I'd imagine that there hasn't been 248. Thousand people murdered in the U.S. this year. So far, eleven months. Um, and yeah, he's just now he's bombarding me with. Uh, so if you, he's bombarding me with he or she bombarding me with statistics on uh, from the CDC on it looks like flu. But I will say that uh, there's a reason why we're taking we're trying to take this thing seriously, and our hospitals are. I believe Wisconsin's at like eighty nine percent capacity. So far, it's been that way for for a couple of days. Uh, we've added 15 to the ho- county residents have been hospitalized with COVID in the past 24 hours. 15 people from the county, so that's not even just in general hospitalized in the county. That's just La Crosse County residents. Um, and so far this month, so 17 this, days this month, I believe that number. I have it here somewhere. I believe it's in the it's 61, I think, is how many people from La Crosse County have been hospitalized with COVID-19. There were 192 cases today, and the county's now averaging 145 cases the past week. We talked to Kevin Fitzgerald, the doctor at Mayo, yesterday, and he said, you know, people that are hospitalized with this thing are in the hospital for three to five days. So, like, big. if you don't care about people dying, we had four deaths over the weekend. So from Friday to yesterday, four people in the county, or four people, four county residents had died. Uh, If you don't care about those people, and you only care about yourself, 
hospitalizations are on the rise and uh, you might end up in the hospital. It's going to be like a three to five day stay. And it sounds pretty miserable from what Fitzgerald said yesterday, uh, what you go through while you're in the hospital. I know one of my friends is uh, feeling pretty miserable right now, uh, quarantined in his own home. Not Steve Doyle, but one of my friends. (laughs) I wouldn't say me and Steve Doyle are friends. Uh, But yeah, one of my friends is uh, feeling pretty awful. He barely, he barely can read the NBA news about the buck, the big bucks trade. He he did send me an update about Wesley Matthews going to the Lakers, possibly. Um, but but he uh, he feels pretty awful. So yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, just the the idea that this thing isn't uh, this it shouldn't be taken seriously is is, is funny. And I mentioned Iowa yesterday uh, before earlier in the show, and the the Republican governor, Kim Reynolds, doing a partial mask mandate. And you can make, I made some jokes about what partial means because if you ever are out in public, you, you'll you notice a lot of people partially wearing their mask, which sounds pretty Iowa to me if if <laughs> if that's how they're rolling this out. But the other Iowa news that I, that I saw was pretty interesting is uh, state officials are collecting information on individual hospitals' cap- capacity staffing resources uh but they're not sharing that information with the public so the state gathers and maintains such information on a service called the iowa health alert network but the iowa department of health uh, won't allow local health departments to release that information to us the public so when you want to know how bad it is in iowa it must be pretty bad if they're not releasing information about hospitals capacity hospital staffing and hospital resources you know, usually when that stuff's going good, you're you're pretty you're pretty apt to uh, to share that information. Uh, a couple of texts I got in here. Let's see here. Yeah, one about the flu. That's great. Yep, one about the flu. Um, what's it classified? Candace says, "What's it classified as when you uh, wear your mask under your chin to talk on the phone when in public?" That's partial mask mandate. That's uh, what we're doing in Iowa. Uh, she said she's also seen uh, people in public pull the, pull their mask off to sneeze. This is a dilemma, right? Like what? What? While we're wearing a mask, I've had the sneeze. I've had the cough, uh, or just my itch my nose. You know, like it. And then you're touching your nose, and then okay, now I should probably you know get the hand sanitizer out or go wash my hands. But the idea that you pull your mask off to sneeze uh, is is a a little bit. A little bit funny. As long as you're, if you pull your mask off to sneeze, I understand that. Now run outside maybe, <laughs> but like really just get into your elbow. That's, that's the idea, right? Just get into your elbow. So you're not sneezing, you know, everywhere. Just sneeze right into your elbow. I feel like that's, that's the protocol anyway, right? That's just protocol. We should know this, these things. Why am I telling you? Uh, Mike texted in uh, when we we're talking about, uh, what is it? Stuffing. And raisins, putting raisins in your Thanksgiving stuffing. Mike said, raisins and toast, yum, all caps, double exclamation point. Raisins and toast. Nope, not going to do it, Mike. I can't even, and I don't even really like toast. Toast is fine, but I'm not, I'm not going to put raisins in it. That's ridiculous. Raisins shouldn't belong in anything. Um, all right, so Gary Podesky <laughs> Gary Podesky, sorry, Eric, you can register online. That's uh, Gary's texting me th- to tell Eric. So hopefully, Eric, you're listening. 
Uh, Phil wants to know why Doyle didn't wear a mask as if you can only contract coronavirus uh, by not wearing a mask. I bet, Phil, I bet Steve Doyle contracted coronavirus at the West Salem Trump rally. Pretty sure that's where, because nobody wears masks there. Pretty sure that's probably where Steve Doyle got the, uh, I'm, I'm reporting it. I, I, I can't confirm it. Unnamed sources have told me that Steve Doyle was at the Trump rally. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then uh, I have too many tabs open. I'm trying to find the other tab that I have open. Uh, yeah, you heard Brad doing the news. The other, the other news out of Iowa, Senator Chuck Grassley, who's 87 years old, is quarantining. So that hopefully he's okay with, uh, with that. Hopefully he's okay and can and fight through that. Too many tabs open. Where is the tab that I want? It's on Minnesota. Because I haven't hit Minnesota news where I live. Uh, this one's interesting, too. So Minnesota Senate Majority Leader has said today that uh, his caucus could have handled news of positive COVID-19 cases among Republican senators differently. You know, as opposed to just not telling anyone that uh, senators are, are are contracting the virus and then out, <laughs> out and about in state government. Uh Democrats have called for him to resign, which is not going to happen. I don't even know why Democrats do that. Like, ah, you should resign because you didn't tell us that you had, you know, your people in the Senate have COVID-19. Okay, well, that's not going to happen. So why even say that? Uh, Gazilka is among at least four Republicans. We say at least because we don't actually know. Uh, four Republican senators who have tested positive for COVID-19 in recent days. Uh, he was criticized after the GOP held at least one in-person meeting, as well as a post-election event that dozens attended, including some who were later who had later tested positive. Uh, and then, yeah, after that news came out, Democrats said he should resign, uh, resign his leadership post, not resign as a senator because that's fine, but you shouldn't be the leader of the Senate if you're going to do s- crap like that. Apparently, uh, Gazilka put out a statement. It said, in hindsight, we could have handled the event and our information sharing differently. I'm committed to protecting senators, staff, and people with whom we come in contact. That's kind of a funny statement to the end of that. With whom we come in contact. I am committed to protecting senators, staff, and people with whom we come in contact. Well, you're also the leader of the Senate in Minnesota. So you should probably be committed to protecting uh, everybody. Because that's kind of your job. 608-785-7914. 608-785-7914. Joe says the masks are a waste of time. They are not sealed, worn correctly, dirty, reused, and touched multiple times, etc. The virus will run its course, period, because no one controls human behavior. But we're, we're humans and can control behavior. I would say no one controls a puppy's behavior because they're puppies. Uh, the masks are, I don't understand why. How are masks a waste of time? How much time? Okay, it's going to ready 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. And now I have my mask on. I have headphones on, so probably four seconds. It probably took me four seconds, but it is way over here. And I'm trying to talk into the mic. So it took me about four seconds to put my mask on. So I guess, you know, if you're doing, what are you doing? If you're wearing a mask on and off, one second to get it off. So four seconds to put it on you're t- you're going into a store you're probably only going into two stores maybe twice a week so 17 seconds we'll just go around we'll just give a couple extra seconds about 17 seconds uh a week 
wearing a mask, you know, and when I get out of my car to come into work, I grab my mask, which takes zero seconds because it's next to my phone. And as I'm walking into work, I'm putting the mask on. So I'm utilizing mask time and uh, wasting no time putting my mask on. So I don't think masks are a waste of time. And you sound like a lunatic. All right. We'll be back after this. Miss this song. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Pearl Jam Daughter. Been a while since I heard this one. All right. 608 785 7914. Joe's texting me back about mask wearing. And he does have a point here because uh, he, he initially said they're not sealed. People aren't wearing them correctly. They're dirty, touched too many times. Um, that part I get, Joe. And he says, you, you, I've been using examples and he's giving me examples. The, the masks, he says, are a waste of time because people aren't using them correctly. But at the end of your text, Joe, you said uh, the virus will run its course. But it's going to take a while if we're just going to run it. If it's going to run its course, it's going to run rampant. And, and it's already killed 228,000 U.S. citizens. So I feel like we should probably try to curtail that a little bit by actually putting the mask on properly. Yeah, just because people are not doing that correctly, for whatever reason, I think some people don't believe the virus is contagious or deadly and hospitalizing people. I don't know why they would think that. It seems a little stupid. Uh, Maybe because somebody kept telling them that, and November 5th it was going to go away and we wouldn't talk about it anymore, and here we are, 12 days later. Um, Well, I did have a call, but now you hung up. So I'm sorry that you couldn't wait on hold for one minute. It was getting there. Uh, yeah, state of Wisconsin had 92 deaths today reported. The, the second highest day was exactly a week ago, 66. So, and I feel like, I, you know, and I talked yesterday with Dr. Fitzgerald from Mayo about the, the, the numbers uh, over the weekend tend to go down. Sunday and Monday's numbers are a little bit less so I feel like Tuesday's numbers, maybe these 92 deaths are reported today, are kind of catch up from what we had over the weekend. So again, when you look at numbers like this, look at the case rate over the past week. And in lacrosse, it's 145 cases a day, and 31% of people that are getting tests are coming back positive. So almost one out of every three, three people, which is... Ridiculous. I think we. I think a high number there is five percent, and we're at thirty-one percent. So that's too many. Um. But yeah. Okay. So let's see. Greg texts in when eight hundred thousand abortion deaths annually are taken seriously. I can take COVID deaths seriously. Yeah, because those are the same. Because abortions are contagious. Um. Yep. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for that, Greg. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, caller's calling in this way. All right, caller, who's this? Yeah, it's Joe. Um, but but sleepy, corrupt Joe is going to cure it all when he when he takes over, huh? Sleepy, corrupt. Is that you? Sleepy, creepy, corrupt Joe is going to take care of it, and camel toe. Okay. They're going to. They're going to. All right. So very mature. <laughs> like what is that? Like why? I don't. I'm good. Anyway, Jerome's calling in. Jerome, go ahead. Hey, Rick, how are you? Hey, I'm good. So here's a simple question. If you wear a mask and you get close to somebody, can you still get COVID? 
And if you stay 10 feet away, can you still get COVID? Are they wearing a mask? 10 feet away? No. Oh, are we are, are, are we outside? So, Where are we? Well, anywhere. If you're if you're indoors, outdoors, anywhere, ten feet away, without a mask, are you going to get COVID? Well, indoors and outdoors is a pretty big difference. If I if I'm in a restaurant for an hour eating, or no, I'm in a restaurant with my mask on, but everyone else is in there without masks on. Yeah, you you're likely to get COVID. The idea of a mask is that if you have COVID and you're asymptomatic, you're not spreading it to other people. Really? Where's that data? Okay, well, I don't know. It seems it's like the the whole point of masks. Oh, boy. All right, Gary's calling in. Gary, go ahead, man. Rick, yeah. you're the NBA guy. What do you know about that trade? Is is that going to win us a championship, or oh, where that's... are we at with this? I, I don't even I know those guys are supposed to be superstars. No, but I've they're never not. Heard of them. They're not superstars, but uh, they're very uh, – very good players. Yeah, thanks. I almost forgot about that, Gary. I appreciate you reminding me. Okay. As I, as I, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down for you, Gary. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a 28-year-old small forward shooting guard type. He's a, he's like a, he's taller. He's a pretty tall, dude. Uh, he's just a gunner. Okay. He's going to, he's going to spread the floor. So, Gian, what Giannis is going to turn into this this season is Shaquille O'Neal. He's going to play in the uh-huh. post. And so now they have four guys. The Bucks have four guys that can all shoot threes really well. And from okay. their center, Brooke Lopez, their seven foot center, he's going to stand outside the three point line, and they're just going to feed Giannis into the post. And and it's going to be hard to double team Giannis now because you're going to be able to kick it out to any of the four guys, and they're going to be able to shoot and make three pointers. And uh, there you go. And and I'll let you go here, Gary. Uh, Jay Rue Holiday is another another guy the Bucks traded for. They they. They traded everything for him. They traded three first-round draft picks. They traded their point guards, both of them, George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, uh, to get J. Rue Holiday, who I know none of you have ever heard of, but uh, dude's good. He's he's like he he's a little bit better shooter than Eric Bledsoe, but he's better in the playoffs because nobody is worse than Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. And he's a playmaker. He can play shooting guard and point guard. He can defend very well. Uh, this is exciting stuff. The Bucks have made this play here. They've gone all in on keeping Giannis because Giannis is going to be a free agent after this season. And Giannis is the probably most coveted player in the NBA. Everyone is hoping that he doesn't re-sign with the Bucks. everyone, because they all want a chance at signing him. And uh, he's going to make like $220, $250 million if he does re-sign with the Bucks, uh, which we all hope he does because he's pretty amazing and I've told this story before, but he has he has some funny stories. Uh, just uh, you know, growing up, being from Greece, and then coming to Milwaukee. One time, he sent money home. However, you send money home through the bank, uh, but but he sent all his money home, so he didn't have any money for a cab. So he started running back to the facility because he had a game that night. And what I imagine is as is, is like Clark Griswold in their Woody wagon uh, station wagon saw him running, stopped, pulled over, and go, "Hey, Giannis, what are you doing? Why are you running?" And he's like, oh, I gave all my money, you know, send it back home. I didn't have cab fare. So they're like, hop in. And then they sing Christmas carols and, and drive to the uh, the Bucks arena so Giannis can get to the game at time. But this is a story that Giannis has told. I just like to enhance it a little bit to make it sound a lot cooler. Um, but it did happen. It's a, it's a pretty amazing story. Um, all right, that's all the time I got. Ron Kind on tomorrow. We'll be back. See you then.